Good morning. Welcome to Faith Baptist Church, and welcome to 2022. Um, I'm aware that this is not the first week of the new year, but uh, because of uh, ice and snow and uh, cold temperatures and a lot of ill people, we decided to cancel last week's service, and um, so this is the uh, first official service for the new year. So, uh, Pastor messaged me earlier this week and asked uh, if I wanted to to go ahead and preach today, since I wasn't able to last week. And I said, "Yeah, I was kind of hoping that would be an option." And he said he was really excited because he was going to get to be here to. To hear it, and I said, "Well, don't be too excited." <laughs> and he said, "No, I love to hear you preach." And I said, "Well, Pastor, I love you, but I'm kind of worried about you." Um, now, as Caleb mentioned the last time we were here, two weeks ago, uh, Pastor was going to be out of town and asked uh, or offered us the privilege of uh, preaching for these couple weeks and we both consider it a privilege to share God's word um, now you'll notice there are some contrasts between Cable and I uh, for one thing Caleb is young and I'm not so young anymore and you would think that my added years would give me greater knowledge and wisdom but alas I fear it's only given me more opportunities to stumble and fail and myself back up again. Another contrast is that like Pastor Herbert, Caleb moves around a lot and gets down there close to y'all, and I don't do that. And there's a couple reasons for that. Uh, first, going up and down even these three steps is kind of hard on my old knees. <laughs> and so rather than stumbling, I'll just stay up here. Uh, but also with my aging memory, if I start wandering around, I don't like to get too far away from my notes. Uh, if I start wandering around, there's no telling where we'll end up. But I've never been a wanderer when I preach, even when I was younger. And I think I just kind of like having the pulpit here uh, that I can duck behind if you start throwing something at me. And it's never happened, but you never know. Now this is the second or third time I think I've been given the opportunity to preach the first message of a new year. Personally, I've never been a big fan of New Year's. Um, to me, it's always been kind of a sad time because it means the Christmas season is over and it's time to go back to work or school or get back to normal, whatever normal is these days. But I know a lot of people that do get excited about New Year's. Um, for some, it's just an excuse to get drunk, though for those people, they don't seem to need much of an excuse. But for many, they see it as a time to start over, to get rid of bad habits and develop good ones, to make resolutions to improve themselves, and that's a good thing if they're serious about wanting to change. But I think a lot of them fail because they only want to change the results, but don't address the source of their bad habits and choices. 
And until you get to the root, any change will just be superficial on the surface and temporary. So today I hope to show you that we will come up short if we seek earthly treasure, earthly wisdom, and earthly comforts. But if we seek the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to us. Um, when Pastor first approached me to bring this message, one particular passage of scripture came to my mind, and I haven't wavered from it, not simply because it's one of my favorite passages, and just like I have many favorite hymns, I have many favorite passages. Um, but I believe it's the right passage for right now. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, open to Matthew chapter 6, beginning, beginning in verse 19. Um, we'll read it, get into it, and see how to have a better you in 22. So please stand with me if you're able as we read Matthew 6, 19 to 34. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he would be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? After all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we start this new year, and I pray that you'll open our hearts, that we would want to know you better, to be closer to you, to serve you, and to love you with our hearts. And I pray that... Um, this message will 
touch someone and, and show what they need to do. So just please guide me as I try to deliver what you want me to tell them today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the last time we were here, Caleb mentioned uh, our text conversation when he asked what I'd planned on preaching uh, to make sure we weren't going to give the same message. And we saw that what was on each of our hearts were similar but not the same. And we figured it would build upon each other and reinforce, reinforce one another. And we joked about this coincidence and our great wisdom. And then we agreed that we serve a God who is so mighty, he can use a couple of knuckleheads like us to deliver his message. Um, Caleb spoke of how God desires a relationship with us. And I hope I'm not the only one who is completely and utterly amazed that the almighty, all-powerful, and all-knowing creator God wants to be near me. He wants to have a relationship with me. And there are many times where I don't want to be near me. It's kind of hard to imagine and amazing to think that God wants to. So we learned how to respond to God's desire to be near us. This week, we'll see that if we seek him, everything else we need will be provided. We won't need to seek anything else. comes down to what we seek. Uh, we will come up short if we seek earthly treasure, earthly wisdom, and earthly comforts. But if we seek the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to us. Now, verses 19 and 21 show the futility of seeking earthly treasures. So do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and dust, rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You really can't take it with you. First uh, Timothy chapter 6 explains this really well. Um, verse 9 says, But there are those who desire to be rich, or I'm sorry, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men into destruction and perdition. And a familiar and often misquoted verse 10 For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Money itself is not evil. It can be very useful and very helpful. But when the desire for it consumes us, when we seek it above everything else, it becomes a snare. It can cause us to stray from our faith. Now returning to Matthew, Verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he would be loyal to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve God and mammon. It's not only mammon or money that can be an earthly treasure. It could be popularity or fame or social standing, food, which we'll touch on more later. Anything that becomes more important than God becomes our God. It's been said there are only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God and pleasing self. Either God is your God or you are. And what's in our heart, what's most important to us, is our treasure. Or as Romans 6.16 asks, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? Seeking earthly treasure, whatever that treasure is, is futile at best. It can be stolen or lost, and it won't last forever. A multimillionaire was once asked how much money is enough, and he replied, just a little bit more. If that's what you seek, it'll never be enough. And the desire for it can become a false god. It will not bring happiness and will, will not help you to become a better you. Okay, so how about seeking earthly wisdom? Well, first off, that in itself is a contradiction in terms. You should automatically raise a red flag. Uh, but let's see what God's word says in verse 22 and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus is not simply referring to an ailment that impairs vision. He's referring to superficial earthly religion. Now, religion has long confused and gotten in the way of genuine salvation. Dr. Luke puts it this way in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11 verses 34 and 35. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. So false religion blocks the light of God's truth from the eye, leaving the heart in darkness. Now let's look back at Matthew 6, verse 27. I think this also falls into earthly wisdom. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Basically, worry is not going to change a thing. It'll not add a single inch to your height or a minute to your life. In fact, worry could actually shorten your life. Now, how is this earthly wisdom, you ask? Well, when we worry, it's because we're trying to take on a problem with our own strength and our own wisdom. And we try to find our own solutions rather than giving it to God and trusting him. Once again, saying, I am God. So our red flag was right. We come up short when we seek earthly wisdom. It leaves our hearts in darkness and weighs us down with worry. 
and will definitely not help you to become a better you. So if earthly treasure and earthly wisdom don't give us the happiness we seek, what about earthly comforts? I mean, everyone wants to be comfortable, right? What could be wrong with that? Well, let's see what Scripture says. Verses 25 and 26. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So right off, Jesus says, do not worry about your life, what you eat, what you drink, or your body, what you wear. We've already talked about worrying. Um, it means we're trying to DYI it instead of trusting God. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, another one of my favorites. It says, be anxious for nothing or don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He goes on to say in Matthew, look at the birds of the air. They don't plant, harvest, or store, but God the Father provides for them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 puts it this way, if the words of Jesus himself is not enough. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares about you. The fact that God cares so much for us surpasses all understanding. But we can know it's true because it's God's word. And God is true. Jesus elaborates on this provision in verses 28 to 30. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, yet they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? I've always felt like this is one of the most poetic passages in Scripture. Jesus favorably compares the beauty of the lilies of the field, wildflowers, to the robes of King Solomon, which are described in 1 Kings 10 and 2 Chronicles 9. Now, if God will so adorn the grass that will be burned up in a season, would he not clothe his children? And to put an exclamation point on it, he rebukes their faith or lack of it, which he often had to do. I think our problem here is that we have a tendency to confuse our needs with our wants. Okay? We need food but we might want steak or shrimp or Chinese or whatever. 
You know, we saw this with the Israelites in the wilderness. And unfortunately, we haven't learned from it. We need clothing, but we want a certain brand or a certain style. We need shelter, but we want a big, beautiful house. So we have trouble trusting God to provide for our needs because he doesn't always give us what we want. So then we feel like we have to take matters in our own hands and we worry and we seek our wants because we convince ourselves that we need them and once again become our own God. So seeking earthly comforts will not help you become a better you. So what's the answer? How can you be a better you in 22? Well, the answer is simple, and it's found in verses 31 to 33. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Jesus concludes these thoughts by questioning once again, why worry about food, drink, and clothing? He even goes so far as to compare them to the pagan Gentiles, non-believers who don't know God. And in so doing, I think he's telling us that when we worry about these things and doubt God's provision, that's exactly who we're acting like. Pagan non-believers who don't know God. Because when we know God as our Heavenly Father, we know that He knows our needs. Remember, we're talking about needs, not wants. And our Father delights in giving to His children. Later in Matthew 7, verse 11, Jesus says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? But stop acting like someone who doesn't know God. How? By knowing him. Seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and his righteousness. Seek God, true Genuine salvation. Not religion. We've already talked about that. But the relationship that God the Father wants to have with you. And this is where we kind of pick up where Caleb left off. As hard as it is to believe or understand, God wants to have a close personal relationship with you. He's constantly displaying his love for each of us how are we responding? Are we seeking a relationship with him or are we too busy seeking earthly treasures, earthly wisdom, and earthly comforts? This is illustrated in second, or 1 Timothy chapter 6. We looked at verses 9 and 10 earlier. It's all that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But verses 11 and 12 instructs us to what to do instead. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, 
faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Seek God first, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek God with the same desire that he seeks you. You'll have all you could ever need. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If we seek him with all of our hearts, we'll have no need to seek any earthly things because all of our needs will be met. I think this is how or why Paul can say, I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content in Philippians 4.11. He learned to focus solely on God. And that shows us it's possible. And the chapter ends with one of my favorite verses. There are no notes on this verse, no cross-references. But Jesus' last words here on worry... Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I love that. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So we will come up short if we seek earthly treasure, earthly wisdom, and earthly comforts. But if we seek the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to us. Earthly treasure can be stolen, lost, and will not last forever. And the desire for it can become a false god. Earthly wisdom can leave our hearts in darkness and weigh us down with worry. Earthly comforts prey on our selfishness. We confuse our wants for our needs. But if we seek God with all of our hearts, our Heavenly Father will supply all of our needs and give us good gifts. Now, earlier I asked, now I'm challenging you to ask yourself, are you seeking a relationship with God with the same desire that he's seeking one with you? And as Caleb's mentioned and pastors mentioned earlier, or over and over, you know, when we preach this to you we've already preached it to ourselves <laughs> and this was this was kind of hard to write this week because I was asking myself this question are you seeking relationship with God with the same desire that he's seeking one with you as I was listening to Caleb's message uh, I kept thinking about a, a story about an old married couple and they got in their pickup truck to go into town. And after a while, the wife looks over at her husband on the other side of the cab and said, you know, when we were younger, we used to sit close together. And the old man just looked over at her and said, well, you know, I haven't moved. If we're not close to God, he isn't the one that moved. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So where are you sitting? As I've been working on this message, a song has come, been going through my mind. Some of you might know it. Um, it's called I Won't Take Less Than Your Love. It's written by Paul Overstreet. And 
Hope you don't judge me as I share with you now. He says, how much do I owe you, said the husband to his wife, for standing beside me through the hard years of my life? Shall I buy you diamonds? Shall I buy you pearls? Say the word, and it's yours. And his wife said, I won't take less than your love, sweet love. I won't take less than your love. All the treasures of this world could never be enough. I won't take less than your love. Well, how much do I owe you? To the mother said the son, for all that you have taught me in the days when I was young. Shall I bring expensive blankets to cast upon your bed and a pillow for to rest your weary head? And his mother said, I won't take less than your love, sweet love. I won't take less than your love. All the comforts of this world could never be enough. And I won't take less than your love. Then how much do I owe you? Said the man to his Lord. Forgiving me this day. And all the days that's gone before. Shall I build a temple? Shall I make a sacrifice? Tell me, Lord, and I will pay the price. And Lord said, I won't take less than your love, sweet love. I won't take less than your love. All the treasures of this world could never be enough. I won't take less than your love. Are you giving him your love or seeking earthly pleasures? Uh, last time Caleb uh, pointed out the importance of getting in scripture so we can know him. Because, you know, how, how can we have a relationship with someone we don't know? Think about when you first met your spouse. And some of us have to think back a lot farther than some of you. But remember how you wanted to spend time together. Uh, you asked questions. You shared feelings. You wanted to know them. It was important for you to get to know them. You desired to know them. That's how we should feel about God. Knowing him should be important to us. Again, last time we were here, Caleb gave us a list of four things that we can do to work on our relationship with God. One was to have a, a specific time, have a specific place, have a plan, and have a journal. And these are all good things, and I recommend them. The only thing I would add would be to pray without ceasing. Uh, having a special quiet time and place are important. But pray constantly. Talk to him as if he were always beside you, because he is. And Caleb mentioned also, you know, if, if uh, someone wants to talk to you, but you never have time to talk to them, you kind of start to think maybe you're not very important to them. Well, how do you think it is with God? He wants to be with us, but we never have time to talk to him. So make time to talk to him. And then also to realize that we're in the midst of a spiritual battle. Don't just be ready to react to attacks. Prepare for them. Expect them. It's, it's an ongoing battle. Be ready for warfare all day, every day. So you want to have a better you in 22? Seek God with the same desire that he seeks you.
bow our heads. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your love, for all that you have done and given to all of us. And you ask so little in return. I pray that you help us to really think about that and to, to realize that and to give our hearts to you. To not be cluttered down by, by the earthy treasures and earthly comforts and earthly wisdom, but to seek you with all of our hearts and know that you will give us all that we need. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are dismissed. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.